In the episodes that follow, we will share candid discussions on aging and hear from the experts. We are here to inform and encourage as we experience, well, aging. All right, so Corbin, we're here starting our podcast. That's right. We aging are, well. Yes, aging well. Starting this, let's talk about that. What inspired you to start a podcast in the first place? Good question. <laughs> Honestly, I really don't know. I think it's just kind of a natural progression from having a blog and, you know, wanting to educate people. You know, we've been talking for some time now about this idea of kind of aging well and bridging people through the aging process. The number of things that, you know, people have to deal with in the aging process, you know, whether it's financial, you know, housing changes, you know, transitioning from, you know, being very independent to a little less independent to less independent to maybe now very dependent to dependent care living to you know maybe you know where there's needs for additional medical attention you know dementia starts setting in and the financial aspects that go along with that planning um, but also from a fitness background, you and I are both kind of in the exercise science area. You were one of my former students. That's right. And uh, we worked together in sports performance fitness. Um, you know, the, the idea of getting people healthier so that they age well. And what are the things that are involved with that around diet and weightlifting, cardiovascular exercise, you know, getting adequate rest and, you know, what are all the things that go with that? And there's just so many topics out there. And you get so many questions from so many people that it's like, let's have a conversation. Let's get people in here and talk to more of the experts and kind of see where it all goes from there. Perfect. So let me let me just make sure I understand everything. It seems to me that this is just used as a platform to open door conversation on specific topics. And you discussed, you talked about aging with exercise nutrition things to of that background is it primarily a way for us to what we do now is going to affect us in the long run i think absolutely i think you know if we really start planning for the aging process we age a lot better a lot of people allow themselves to decline you know we learned in physivex that you know there's that 40 percent decline or a 10 percent decline in muscle uh, size and strength from the age of 25 to 50 and then an additional 40 percent from the age of 50 to 80 and a lot of that is you know avoidable you know if we're just simply active cool so it sounds like this this podcast it's not just going to be for individuals who are going into that nursing home or, or the loved ones that are putting them in there the independent living it also sounds like it's 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 people that are in college in in their 20s or graduating or in their 30s and they're like man what am i going to do it's kind of like that eye-opening experience now you did talk about how you have your background with exercise you got your doctorates in in exercise physiology but you also said that on this platform you're going to talk about some financial stuff as well is that correct Yes, I hope to. I mean, if we can bring in the experts, because I'm obviously not an expert in that. Uh, you know, 
depend on financial planners to kind of make sure that when I retire, I'm going to have enough money to be able to finance living as long as I plan to live. You know, I plan to live for a long time. I want to hit that 100 mark or beyond. Yeah, and, and who doesn't? Who doesn't want to just be physically fit, but fiscally fit as well? So buckle up, guys. <laughs> We're, you're, in, you're in for a, a, a wonderful treat. Stay tuned to Aging Well. What do you think your very first subject is going to be? Good question. Um, I don't know. I think probably one of the first things I'd like to talk about is just maybe that aspect of finding time for fitness. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of people, the reason we get so out of shape once we hit 25 and start declining from there is because life hits us. We start having kids, you start having jobs, you know, you start having responsibilities and we start to neglect our fitness. And then the more we neglect it, the less fit we get and the less we're able to do. And that just kind of snowballs. And that's why we see that bigger decline hitting once we hit 50. And so I think it's important to try and figure out how do we get the time in there to be able to work out. You know, I don't know if I was using the phrase when you were one of my students, but um, I've come to use the phrase opportunity costs a lot. And we've been talking in one of my classes, we kind of looking at the um, exercise pyramid that I believe it's a American College of Sports Medicine puts out. And I'm telling students, I said, I really don't like this because it blocks it out. And it's like you have, it's almost like you have to do these certain things. You know, you need a certain amount of the pyramid has to be flexibility. Well, if you can put your leg behind your head, do you really need to be spending a lot of time doing flexibility? But, you know, you're 50 pounds overweight. You got to do something that's going to lower that weight. If you're, you know, weak, you can't lift things, have, you know, off the ground, then you need to get stronger. And I, and I, and I do think that strength training becomes a much greater need as we age and we have a tendency to do the opposite you know we start thinking heart health as we get older and so the more we do heart health kind of stuff we shy away from strength we lose muscle mass we get weaker we can't do as much cardio and eventually we get you know frailer even though we might be maintaining the heart a little bit so i think that's probably one of the topics i'd kind of like to get going with first so do you think that has to do with just education or fear because a lot of people are told at a younger age specifically um if we're going off stereotypes specifically our female viewers are probably told at one point don't lift it's gonna make you bulky don't lift it's gonna make you broad cardio is the way to go even though the studies out there say otherwise um do you think it's just education or do you think it's a fear of i don't i don't want this to happen to me and it's kind of a balance of both i think it, i mean it has to be both um i think some of the anytime you have fear and let's face it we're living in you know two-year period now of escalating fear over things that we don't understand and we're not being educated as well in it um not to get political there but uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about covid in this conversation and over the months as well but i think fear is fed by ignorance you know if we don't understand something we're fearful of it and you know to bring up the point of women who don't want to get big bulky muscles there was a number of years ago i had a student ask me so how do i respond to a female client that says to me that she doesn't want to lift weights because she doesn't want to get big bulky muscles 
And I was in a particularly kind of ornery mood that day. And I said, just tell her she's not willing to put the work in. And the you know, more I thought about it, it's like, well, that's the, really the right answer. In the past, it was always kind of like, well, you know, the, you know, with women's physiology and hormones and muscle structure type and all that kind of stuff, women are less likely to put on big amounts of, of muscle mass. And, but the reality is most people are not willing to work hard enough to put that large amount of muscle mass on. I mean, bodybuilders, powerlifters, athletes, they put a boatload of work into their building muscle and it takes time it takes good diet it takes the right kind of exercise um, and it takes time and most people are not willing to put that time in and so when they're will worried about getting too big or putting on that bulky muscle they just don't understand that they don't if they're capable of putting that muscle on which i wish i had that problem that you know i just was one of those people you walk into the gym you look at the dumbbell and your biceps just grow right you know, you've, you've seen people like that that just have that genetic propensity to put on muscle mass. Um, if you're like that and you don't want the big muscles, that's great. You don't have to do as much work to do it. You can focus on other things. And so I think that conversation has to kind of come out. What do we need to do to really accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish? And how do we manage our time in order to be able to do that? So you mentioned the word ignorant. Is it is there I would say there's arguably a fine line between being ignorant and just narrow minded. Um coming from Western Oregon University, the school armada is those who dare to teach must never cease to learn. And if you if you think about it in a, in the realm of fitness or nutrition, nutrition for example, um back in the day, not even that long ago, I would say probably late 90s even, they had that food pyramid, right? And they talked about how get as much carbohydrates in as possible. Well, as studies show, that's not necessarily the case. Earlier in my in my years as uh, undergrad, taking the beginning nutrition classes, we talked about how, you know, if you really want to start burning weight or putting on muscle, whatever the case may be, you need to have five to seven meals a day. Well, as as the science came out, it talks into the realm of intermittent fasting and things like that. So the science and the information is constantly changing. What if someone is just stuck in their old ways and they're like, no, I, I was told this in 1984 and that's it. That's the, everything else is just a fad diet. How do you combat that? How do you change someone's mindset? How do you change their perception of, hey, you know what? This is what the science is saying. This is in front of you. You mentioned the subject of COVID. There's a lot of information that's that's going out there. I would say that there is more science out there saying we don't know what the vaccine is going to do to us. We don't know the long-term effects. It's still in a trial period, and yet individuals are still going out and, and getting themselves injected with this when there's plenty of other science that proves that that exercise can help with the long-term longevity or the long can help prevent it, I should say, as well as taking the proper amount of supplements. You know, vitamin D at one point in time was known very well to combat COVID-19. Um, and, and that has, that's still up in the air for debate. But how, how do you combat that? How do you present someone with the facts and the evidence 
when they're not willing to open up or accept it? That's that's a tough call. And there's there's a few different layers to to what you brought up. But, you know, from the, the standpoint of understanding the immune system and the role of exercise in our health and things like that, I think there's certain obstacles that people just are always going to have and just might never be able to get around. I mean, we've we've known we've had an obesity problem in this country for decades and it's only gotten worse. And so obviously we as a profession are not capturing people the way we need to. Um, and, and that's a whole other piece. I think that's you know one of the many episodes that we can look forward to with this is just kind of teasing out some of those. Um, but from the standpoint of this is what I've done and, you know, if, if it works for the person, you know, from an exercise standpoint, if it actually works for them and they're accomplishing the goals that they want and they're, they're being healthy, even if it's not the best science, it, but it's not hurting them, let it be, really. Um, you know, I think it's better for people to be doing what they like doing and doing something rather than them knowing and not doing the better science, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and so, that, I mean, that's, again, that's a lot of conversations to be having as we kind of go through, because some of it gets a little bit specific in different topics. Um, others are, you know, kind of a general theme of motivation and adherence. You know, what do we do to get people to change? And, you know, you took motivation adherence with me. Oh, yeah. And we talked about the stages of change where you move through pre-contemplation mm-hmm. to contemplation to act, to preparation to action and then you know into the maintenance phases and you know the biggest part of those initial stages is education and we just have to keep educating people educating and getting that information out there and ultimately the individual has to make the decision for themselves right. nobody is ever going to do anything because they're told to do it and we're seeing that with mandates <laughs> again try not to get on the covid piece right now right um, we probably have plenty of time to kind of piss people off with our opinions on that but um you know when people are told they absolutely have to do something that's when their guard goes up and they're less resistant to do it but if they can be presented with the information and allowed to process that information and make good judgments on it, then ultimately when the decision is made, it's their decision and they're going to buy into it much more effectively. Mm. And so it's just getting that information out there and not shoving it in them. You know, it's, it's easing them to it and kind of, you know, teasing them toward it. You know, it's like luring them. It's like the, um, the sirens call to that information, you know, just getting them to wanting to learn more. And as they hunger for that knowledge, then they're going to eventually start to understand it a little bit better. But that also, if you're going to dangle the carrot and, and make it another individual's choice, I guess that's where, I guess that's where the realm of fear could actually be beneficial for, you know, uh, you mentioned, Earlier, like as long as people love doing what they're doing, then you know that's yeah, what you know it's that's up to them. That's their call. A lot of people love drinking, right? A lot of people love it. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like having a good beer after work? However, if you drink too much, it's gonna have a lot of huge 
side effects on the body, specifically on the liver. You can't tell an alcoholic to just stop drinking, right? But what you can do to change their mindset, if they have it in their mind, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to stop drinking. You can't do that. But if you say, "Hey, if you don't stop drinking, let's just for this hypothetical person, let's use it as the realm of a father and you can say you'll never be able to see your kids graduate. You will not be able to walk your daughter down the aisle and some other person will if you don't get your drinking under control. If you present that to them, it doesn't necessarily have to be science. Now you're throwing an emotional aspect and they're like, wow, I really need to make that change. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a emotional expert, but we should definitely think about bringing in some guest speakers. How do, what do you feel about that? Do you know anyone who's going to walk into the realm of, of the psychology uh, on both emotional or the mental aspect? I mean, I think there's plenty of people we can call in and there are you know, certainly a number of people I could probably think of off the top of my head to invite in. Um, definitely, you know, the emotional piece should be part of this. Um, in the, the blog that I do, um, Carpe, Carpe Memento, uh, rather than Carpe Diem, it sees the moment. Um, I've, I focus really on five elements of well, what I call well-centered fitness, mm. which, um, you know, there's different ways to divide up wellness. But I, I look at it from a standpoint of, our wellness being a target that progressively gets tighter and tighter, the more well we get and the, the more we grow, the more we progress, we're really kind of fine tuning that target that we're hitting. And so it's the spiritual, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and social. And so, you know, in this podcast, I'd love to kind of capture a lot of each of those over, over the course of however long we continue with this podcast um, from the emotional standpoint, emotional is very important. And, you know, when we, we say we're not experts on emotion, I think we might not be experts on the science of emotion, but we are certainly emotional people. And so we are, in a sense, experts on our own emotions and how we deal with things. And so I think that it's important to to really tap into that, to understand how emotions base our decisions and, you know, like you said, you know, people are very emotional about things like, you know, their COVID decisions. And, you know, exercise is much the same way. And I think you have to separate out the emotional piece. You know, how do we deal with that? You know, people are pretty adamant about something. Um, you know, generally, you know, the emotional piece and exercise will draw people toward it. You know, when people start to finally recognize that, you know, if I don't get my blood pressure down, if I don't lose this body fat, if I don't get my diabetes under control, I'm not going to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle in her, her wedding. Or, you know, I'm not going to see my kids graduate or I'm not going to have, be able to see my grandchildren. That's an emotional piece that gets people to finally wake up, wake up and say, oh, I, I got to start exercising. And part of the goal, I think, of this podcast should be to get people to begin to make that decision before it become so emotional, you know, that they're suddenly now wanting to exercise because the fear of death is looming upon them. Because it's always harder to come back 
from that position rather than educating people is how simple it is to just simply do what you need to do to become more fit and you know, not you don't have to be in a great level of fitness in order to you know live well and live long um, but you know there's so there's that piece and but there's also the intellectual piece to it you know and that's being able to weigh the information that's available and i think oftentimes our emotions get in the way of being able to accept certain information and we have to kind of get past that that's where the whole well-centered piece comes in i mean think you know we'll dive into a lot of the physical you know because you know we're both fitness people and that's going to be one of the big primary concerns in and of the podcast um, but obviously the emotional piece is important in there uh, the intellectual piece informing individuals i want to bring on as many experts in areas that we can bring on and have conversation with them. I also want to have conversations with people who are pretty much the layperson, you know, just, you know, friends of ours that, hey, you know, sit down and have this conversation with us. You ask us questions, we'll ask you questions, and let's let's process this whole idea of aging and how Mm -hmm. do we age well because, you know, nobody's an expert in aging well. Um, Most People probably tend to be more expert in not aging well. You know, they get to the end of life, oh, damn, I should have done this differently. I could have done this better. Um, I would love for people to get to the end of their years and just, you know, I'm 100. I've lived a long life. I just ran a marathon the other day. I'm feeling good. Um, But my time is up, you know, and I'm just going to go lay down and, you know, expire my last breath and go on to whatever lies ahead and um, that's the way to go but um, there's also the spiritual piece you know and spiritual I mean a lot of people think spiritual they immediately go to religion and you know we can we can talk a lot on some of those pieces Um, but to me spiritual is that interconnectedness amongst individuals and understanding that there is something greater than self. And, you know, the more I look at my faith and quantum physics, I see a really a big crossover between the two. And it becomes increasingly difficult for me now where I am in life to separate the spiritual and the physical. Mm-hmm. But they're so intertwined and, and understanding that. And so when we understand that we are not the center of the universe, you know, we are actually an integral part of the universe when you start looking at things like six degrees of separation and you know how what i do impacts the you know so many other people whether i know it or not and it has effects that go on you know well into the future and you know going back into the past my past has gotten me where i am today you know i often will ask people and we'll probably ask a lot of our guests this you know what's if you could go back in, in time and change one thing, what would you change? And you know, I've gotten that question so many times. And to me, the answer to that question is nothing. Because if I change anything in my past, I have risk, run the risk of deviating from where I am right now and not having the, the family that I have and the friends that I have. And, you know, 
all the experiences that I've had. I wouldn't be who I am without the mistakes that I've made, without the mistakes that other people have made in the past. And, you know, I think a lot of that is very important to kind of understand. And so... I don't know if I'm answering your question. We're kind of no, def- on this first little podcast. No, but that's, that's so fine. That's what we're supposed so. to do. It's just we're, we're opening these questions up and, and letting the people talk. I think going back to the subject of emotions, I honestly think when we open up that subject, I think that will probably be arguably one of the most listened to. Um, reason for that, I know that there's a lot of studies on emotion, but no one really talks about it, you know, and, and things get thrown out certain words, toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, don't show your emotions, show your emotions. Emotions is actually a really, really hot topic. And yet we've come in a society so far where we are acknowledging each other's emotions and, and feelings. However, it's still almost a taboo at least in western culture to kind of talk about it although we have come a long way um but i think like one of the one of the most powerful things on this planet is actually love Um, that is an emotion right with love if you different types of love you got brotherly love where you you have a really good friend you're going to do anything in your power to help that friend out make sure that they're successful that's driven by emotion Right. If you look at a parent with their child and how they interact with each other, that child is the whole world to that parent. That that parent is just consumed with love and they could be the nicest parent ever. But if you do that child wrong, that that parent's going to murder you in cold blood. And it's emotions are so high. We talk around the realm of, of physical um, physiology on the body with with hormones. Well, those can be affected by emotions as well, right? Um, using the example of uh, the, using a sport analogy, if you have a quarterback and their emotions are you know low, it allows them to kind of be calm, cool, and collective. Okay, if that fear starts coming in. That's when the error starts happening. And we can talk about that because that doesn't just happen in a sports world. That happens in just our daily lives. You, have you ever been in an argument with your spouse? Things get really high. You kind of be on the defense. You either tune them out completely because you don't want to rage on them or you make an irrational decision just because those emotions are so high. Or maybe you're at work. Maybe you're in a stressful environment. You can't think right away. Take a, take a deep breath. Breathe. Hopefully we can show people how to do that. It's it. You mentioned that this is aging well and it's all about aging well. I think the only people that really knew how to age well in the past are philosophers, right? But they just like to talk about their life experience, you know, and we can throw that in too. We can bring in experts or we can bring in historical figures and talk about what they talked about and hopefully learn from them. I think, yeah, I think it all ties in together. And you talk about the spiritual realm. Well, just on this, you have mind, body, and soul, right? Those are, those are completely different things. I could not agree with you more as far as the realm of quantum physics and seeing things that are actually bigger than us course i also have my own theories that are out there in the world and i can i can definitely um 
I can talk about that for days, whether it's conspiracy theories or whether it's quantum physics. Like I think me personally, I think I figured out a way for us to have permanent ongoing energy, just completely revolutionize the world. Right. But it all intertwines with one another. Um, the mental aspect, the psychological, the emotional, the physical, the nutrition, everything that hopefully we're going to talk about, it's all going to link up, right? Because it's it's not just about aging well, but maturing well, right? Aging doesn't just have to be, oh, I'm getting old and brittle. It could be like, I'm maturing. I'm 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 prepping for the unknown. I'm expecting the unexpected. And I'm going to, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and and kick life's ass because it's my life and I'm taking over. So what else? Well, I mean, we, we talked about the subjects that we're going to talk about. We talked about how we're going to go, um, in the physical realm, whether it be cardio, flexibility, uh, resistance training we talked about the effects that it's going to have on the body we talked about how it's going to tie in with nutrition um what type of nutrition should we do should we do intermittent fasting should we do multiple meals a day i think it's going to kind of tie in with what goals um with nutrition what about supplements right are these going to be subjects that we are going to talk about i think all of these are going to be a perfect segue into the um, emotional aspect, you know, if, if we're trying to hit a goal and we're, we're exercising, well, you know, we might have to make a few sacrifices. We may have to not go out on a Friday night. We may have to not socialize with our friends. We may not have to not eat an entire pizza by ourselves just to hit these, hit these goals to age better. Well, that's going to have an emotional aspect on us. I'm hungry. I'm starving. This sucks, right? And that's going to affect us psychologically too. You know, I I think another great topic is going to be talking about a psychological aspect. We have, we're going to have people of all different levels of intelligence, whether it's your simple average Joe, the, the, the girl next door, or an absolute expert, right? Different people are going to have not only different personalities, but a, but a different intellectual level. But that does bring the point that, you know, hopefully, you know, the one or two listeners that listen to this first episode um, will begin to feed back some questions to us. And as people begin to listen, you know, obviously want the, the listener to be able to Come to us with questions. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, maybe we invite that person on and have some discussion. But, you know, there's we don't have the answers necessarily. I mean, I think this podcast is as much about seeking the answers about aging as much as it is of informing and sharing. And so we, you know, inform where we're capable and, you know, we bring in the experts where we they're available and we you know, just explore the questions. You know, sometimes we might go through a one-hour podcast and not really come to any conclusion at the end. But uh, that discussion will hopefully lead to more discussions. Yeah. And so, you know, the the podcast is called Aging Well, but, you know, as we've played with the punctuation and, and as, you know, most we'll see in the logo, it's 
you can play with that punctuation a little bit. It's not just statement aging well, it's aging well, you know, we're all aging. So what do we do about that? And then the question is, okay, we, we admit we're aging, which everybody is. How well are we aging? What are we doing to age well? And, you know, we, we don't want the listener to think that this is entirely about, you know, the older people. This isn't about, okay, yeah, this is for anybody 30 or 40 or 50 and above. Much of what we'll talk about is stuff that hopefully begins with at, at birth. You know, you, you've heard me t- oh, talk in class nope. before. I'm, I would I would argue that hopefully it can it can go before birth while they're still in the womb, right? The nutritional aspect. Oh, yeah. We could definitely talk about that each each trimester, each week the mother is pregnant, the supplements that they take in with fetal development, the exercise that they can be doing with fetal development. It's, I mean, the possibilities are endless with this. Yeah. And that brings up that, you know, the whole topic of epigenetics Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out a little bit more as I explore some of that, but you know, it's, we're not only learning is, you remember in class we talked about per Olaf Astrand's quote, you know, if you want to be an elite athlete, choose your parents wisely. Yep. Well, it may actually be a little bit more choose your grandparents wisely mm-hmm. uh, because the effects that they have in their lives impact their fertility, their physiology in a way that is going to impact your parents and then ultimately, you know, you. And so... There's, there's a lot of stuff to really consider. And, you know, when I, when I joke about, you know, choose your parents wisely in classes, you know, obviously, we, we don't know. Maybe there is, you know, and uh, you are up there before God and he's saying, okay, you know, you're going to be born. We want you to pick your parents. You know, my dad used to kind of present this kind of philosophical question, you know, if, if you could pick your own parents. You know, and so maybe we are responsible that we picked our parents for the specific purpose that we are to carry out. But, you know, we don't know that. But, you know, I I always joke that I, I picked my wife specifically for her physiology. Good, to, good to breeding have, stock. Have, have the kids that I have, you know, and, you know, I, I wouldn't have the kids that I have if I had not picked the wife that I have. And so, you know, there's. There's some really deep stuff to kind of get into, but you know, a lot of this is going to be lighthearted topics that we'll talk about. Um, get some good science in there, uh, and hopefully affect people and, and get people aging in a good manner. Yeah, definitely. I I'm excited for this. I'm excited to go down this journey, down this road of life, aging. Road or rabbit hole? This what rabbit are, hole. What is it? Yep. You know, go down this waterfall, fall on this vortex, flush down this toilet. That's <laughs> right. Who knows where this is going to be? Who knows where it's yeah. going to be? So. But you know what? It's going to be an adventure nonetheless, and we hope that everyone listening is going to stay tuned for more. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for listening. I hope you benefited from today's podcast. And until next time, keep aging well.